What is up, everybody? This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Serving up the latest Everton news and stateside views. Let's kick things off. Thanks for tuning in this weekend. This is Alex and James. Today, we're going to talk about the international break. You know, the matches since Thursday. We want to talk about Lookman, who was talking to the press. And the Liverpool Echo had a nice article and quotes about him and what he said. And then lastly, we're going to talk about Coleman, who turned 30 this week or this last week. And, um, you know, whether or not we believe, you know, we're going to have a little bit of a debate as to whether Kenny, John Joe Kenny, can be a long term replacement in the next couple of seasons for Coleman. We've had a bit of a discussion very briefly so far, and I think it'll be a nice short debate for you guys. So, um, to start with, Pickford started for England in 0-0 against Croatia on Friday. I didn't catch the match. Nor did I, unfortunately. I saw that, uh, not Pickford related, but I saw that there was a, a pretty aggressive tackle on Raheem Sterling. and I did see that, pe- yeah. People were raving about it. It looked pretty Nasty. harsh. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah, but otherwise it didn't seem like anything to write home about. I. I think uh, Ross Barkley got some minutes, which is hilarious because, you know, he hasn't really done anything <laughs> to warrant a call-up. So, you know, you look at Ross Barkley and then you look at Tom Davies and you're like, okay, who's getting called up on merit and who's getting called up because you play, um, you know, for a a big mainstream club. So It is amazing that's, that's... how quickly he's, like, seized back after leaving Everton. Because he he sees that like golden boy type, everyone's talking about what a prospect he was, and I guess his injury history kind of dampened that while he was at Everton because he burst onto the scene and then does what a lot of our younger players do and kind of stagnates a little bit, and then people grow impatient. Uh, and I think honestly, I think that's part of the reason he wanted out in the first place. But yeah, it is funny how once you're uh, at Chelsea, you can get one goal and one assist, and all of a sudden you're back in the national team. It's just, it's it's funny the way that works. Yeah, it's it's really infuriating. But you know, what else what else can you do at this point? It's good to see Jordan Pickford starting. Um, you know, obviously still well deserved, but it's really nice. And and he attributes, you know, his England success to moving to Everton anyway. Yeah, I think a lot of players and we talked about this last time, can see the potential for Everton to be a stepping stone and a, you know, propel them into the national team. I don't think Ross Barkley wouldn't have been able to do it if had he stayed. Uh, And honestly, I've heard some talk and it sucks. We don't want to talk about ex-players that much, but we, I think with him in our midfield right now, we'd be a force to be reckoned with. I still think Andre Gomez will be probably a superior option should he eventually make his appearance for us. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Pickford starting is encouraging and, and he seems to be, have cemented his place there for, for the foreseeable future. And so hopefully, I mean, that can only benefit him getting more games in net. Whereas our other players, uh, which we can segue kind of into Adri Sagana scoring uh, against Sudan and coming off uh, shortly before halftime kind of is, much more of what we're used to seeing from uh blues on duty yeah yeah i i uh to go on somewhat of a tangent i saw ireland played and i i just like 
I got so anxious and nervous. Like I was anxiously like trying to scroll over to see the lineups. You know, obviously I somewhat forgot that, you know, Coleman is still, you know, working his way back to fitness from his injury. Same with McCarthy, you know, used to, we had Aiden McGeady. So at, at, you know, at one point, yeah, like at one point we had three or four players going to Ireland every break. And so, you know, that was scary, but you know, back to Ghana, um, it's good to it's good to see that he, you know, played. Obviously, he's pretty much a mainstay for Senegal, but he scored. Um, it was funny. It was kind of like a sliding shot almost, and very Ghana esque um, goal. Yeah, I saw something funny, and as I think someone tweeted saying that he, you know, he he thought he was going in for a tackle, and the ball yeah. just ended up in the back of the net. But I guess we have we have uh, two Senegalese players that you know like to accidentally score. Uh, for Nias, it's it's more so just kind of like an acrobatic, you know. Maybe he's maybe he's borderline doing gymnastics, but um, yeah, he came off minutes before halftime. I haven't seen like a whole lot of coverage about it, but you know, I saw that he was he was seen near the bench area in the second yeah, half, and he was he was I limping a little bit, but it didn't look like you know like he's in a he's in a cast or like on on a cart right. or with with his foot up. So hopefully, it was precautionary. Yeah, I we have to have to have to hope because he's been instrumental in our success this season, uh, winning the ball back in midfield and, and contributing to the press that we've had so much success with. And so, fingers crossed because if Schneiderlin has to come in to replace him, he's an adequate replacement, but he certainly doesn't offer the same, you know, just all out intensity as as Gay does, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that, and. You know, I've I've been thinking about it the last couple of days. You know, with James McCarthy coming back, I said it. I said it midweek, but he he was you know he was the first name on the team sheet in like 2014, right? Yeah. Um, other than you know Lukaku, of course, but like he Up was, there. yeah. And and so it sucks to see his kind of downfall because of injuries and whatnot. But where I'm going with this is, you know if Ghana ends up getting injured sometime this season, ideally McCarthy is, you know, progressing well. Well, he is progressing well, but hopefully he continues to progress well and he can stay fit. And, you know, maybe we can see him get some minutes, but, you know, otherwise it's looking kind of bleak for him. I mean, Benny Beningami, we talked about it last time, could be a, a type of player who could come in and fill that role. Whether or not he's ready is obviously, there's a big question mark surrounding him, but, from what we've seen of him thus far, it's been very promising. So it's just good that we're, you know, asking these questions and, uh, you know, just thinking about the potential options that we have. And there's many, many different solutions that Silva has at his disposal. And so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Obviously best case scenario, Ghana's fine and he'll be fit for crystal palace. But if not, then we've got other options. Yeah. Agreed. So, Moving on to Brazil versus Saudi Arabia. Richarlison came on in the 72nd minute for um, Gabriel Jesus. I'm assuming he played up top because that's where he's been playing for Brazil. Yeah. And I know Gabriel Jesus is is primarily Striker. a forward. I, I don't I don't ever see him play on the wing. Um, right. Again, I didn't I didn't get to catch any of these international games. Um, most of them I don't think were televised at all. But that's still really good to see that he's getting minutes for Brazil. You know, he's, he's sporting the number nine kit, which is fantastic to see also. So I yeah. think he's really having a good Huge. time with it. 
Yeah, and as long as he's not injured, the game time can only benefit him. He's so young. And it's just, I'm just waiting for the worst with him, to be honest. Like something horrible to happen. There's been a few times this season he's gone down. And I guess it's sort of him as a player where there's a lot of flailing. And that's just, part of it is the game now. And part of it is is him as a player. But has had me worried a few times. Uh, He's gone down clutching his groin a couple times. Like the way that he just flicks his legs out it's like he could tear anything but i don't want to you know jinx jinx anything it's right, good to please. see him play for brazil <laughs> i hope he scores 20 goals for us this season uh and yeah I, I it is it'll be interesting to see where he fits into the side as we go forward we've got a lot of question marks surrounding how we're going to line up with all the new players coming back uh but yeah it's only it's only a good thing when uh we have players playing internationally although we did, of course, Cenk Tosin played, featured for Turkey uh, as they lost 2-0 to Russia. Scoreless for him. Your thoughts, Alex? Well, I was about to agree with you that Richarlison absolutely needs to score 20 goals because our our, our primary striker can't score one. Right. Um, or maybe maybe I should uh, maybe I should rephrase he that. He has one. Two. Give yeah. him credit. Yeah, I should re- I should rephrase that to two. But yeah, so it's not a good look. Russia are no, you know, are no joke of a team. Um, I didn't. I did not look at their lineup, so I don't know how how strong their lineup was. I'm assuming it's pretty strong because uh, Turkey played a pretty strong lineup. But it's just annoying to see. But it's it's just you know football is is such a mental sport, and I think people play down that. So hopefully he'll come back. He'll figure out how to work in the system. I don't think he, you know, I don't think he comes back and starts against Crystal Palace, but we can cover that no. more um, yeah. this coming this coming week. But if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. So exactly, you know, exactly. As, as far as the international break is concerned, um, assuming Ghana is not anything serious in terms of his injury, then I think it's gone so far as good as it could for 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 the the boys in blue all around. So. Hopefully it continues. Hopefully I don't jinx it. I'm not sure when they come back, but I'm assuming they'll they'll come back maybe sometime midweek. I haven't looked to see when the last matches are, but I know there are definitely some tomorrow. Yeah. Assuming some Tuesday. So we'll see how that goes then. Yeah. Um, Looking forward to having everyone back and healthy. Fingers crossed. So, right. uh, I guess next thing we wanted to talk about was, Adam Lookman going on record, making some comments about the summer transfer window, how things transpired, and how his outlook has changed uh, as he approaches the season at Everton. Alex, what did what were your big takeaways from the article? So he essentially talked about the fact that he felt unsettled after the transfer speculation, right? And initially when I read that, I was like, okay, so, you know, when a lot of people say that, they're alluding to the fact that, you know, oh, I want to be at Everton, but I kept getting links away, and so I felt unsettled, or maybe that the manager didn't want me. Would you agree with that statement? Usually when you hear that headline or or someone says something to that effect, that's kind of what you're thinking. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, he goes on to talk about how he's not getting the opportunities Everton he wants, and, you know, instead of instead of the obligatory, I'm at Everton, I want to be at Everton, I want to earn my place, 
he says, I'm at Everton, so I have to continue to work hard. And that right there tells me that he doesn't want to be here. And what he actually meant was, I wanted to go to Leipzig, but Everton wouldn't sell me. So now that I'm done pouting about it, I'm going to keep trying to train hard and break into the side and get opportunities, as he liked to call them. I don't necessarily disagree with that assessment of things. I think he's certainly, after everything that transpired last year with Sam Allardyce, I, don't, I have been adamant in that I think he doesn't want to be at the club anymore. He sees himself playing elsewhere. And it also doesn't help the fact that he really, how is he going to get in the team on a consistent basis barring another player's <laughs> injury? I just don't see it. It's like we definitely need him for squad depth, but he's that fringe He's almost the odd man out in that you'd play Richarlison and Bernard and Walcott before you'd play him. So, and even, in, you know, you talk about Walcott on the right, you might bring him in on the right, but uh, you could play Bernard and Richarlison can play across the front. So it, he's certainly got a, a job in front of him. The question is, does he really want to, you know, step his game up and, and tackle this challenge of trying to fight his way into the team? And in my opinion, he has no choice. And so this is, I think that's where these comments are coming from. You know, over the summer, there was a lot of, or I guess a lack of any kind of comments from him and publicly. And so that led to a lot of speculation about what people, you know, people attributed the stories that were being leaked about, you know, Leipzig bidding for him as him. I think people kind of, dragged it out and and made it bigger than it was he never like made a as far as i know he never made a public statement that he wanted to leave everton it was kind of just assumed and inferred from all the stories that came out i'm sure that he did want to go after a successful loan spell but you know and then he came back and this season he's basically refused to acknowledge that he's an everton player we haven't seen any comments from him in the press hasn't really posted on social media at all about Everton, he's posted. I saw the other day he actually finally did post a picture of himself in training. So I think now he's just finally realized. Like, I don't know if there was behind the scenes temper tantrums or not, but he's finally realized. Look, I am 20 years old. I have no nothing to gain from sitting here on my ass and, and pouting and trying to force a move at least until January. Like, and I think a lot of players come to that realization. And if you want your move, then you buckle down. You fight for your spot. If the performances are there, you'll get a big move. And if they're not there, then we'll move him on somewhere else because he can't get in the team. That's exactly what I was, you know, I, I have kind of three counterpoints. That was one of them, right? You you have to fight for it because if you actually do want to leave, the only way you're going to be able to do that is if you perform when you're given chances, right? Second, um, you know, you're mentioning Bernard, you're mentioning Richarlison, Walcott, don't forget that so far this season, when we replace a winger, we've also brought brought on Calvert Lewin ahead of Lookman. So, good point. That's another body that is ahead of him in the depth chart, and rightfully so. Calvert Lewin's been putting on since last season. People may not be too happy with his output, but you know, you look at the numbers. I think last season it was like nine goals, nine assists, or eight assists, something like that. So, you know, that's that's ridiculously good for his first season. You know, really playing, especially in the type of system he played. And then lastly, you know, when you when you made the point about Adam Lookman being 20 years old, you know, you have nothing to gain from sitting on the bench pouting and doing whatever you're doing, right? 
The other thing is you can't be you can't start your career career off officially by being known as the dude with the bad attitude. Exactly. Like Evertonians, right? You get on the Everton subreddit or or talk to people or listen to other, you know, podcasts, uh videos. We tend to be sticklers for for attitudes and character, right? And so, right. you know, when when you're when we're talking about bringing in a player, right? Uh, Nasri was <laughs> was oh, linked yeah. for maybe like one day last week, and in general, it was an absolute undeniable no. And a huge part of that is the fact that he's just known to be a terrible person. So you know, it, yeah, Adam, I hate him. Adam, I hate him a lot. Right, <laughs> right. So um, you know, he actually so really really funny side story so he was getting massages and he was he was cheating on his girlfriend with the masseuse mm-hmm. this was a couple years ago i don't know if you knew about the story or not he was cheating on his girlfriend with the masseuse so his girlfriend hacked his twitter account and started tweeting out to the world that he was cheating on her oh man see that's the type of stuff that i don't want i keep that miles away from everton like that's that's nothing that we need around the club that kind of drama right uh no doubt he's quality he's a good player but after all the controversy on top of the fact that i just dislike him uh i just prefer not to see him in the club but kind of getting back to what you were saying about lookman right i mean that's just that's just what it is right it's just you know you, you can't all your points were perfect and you can't be known as, as the person with a bad attitude, especially starting your career off. So put your head down, try to move up, you know, past, um, third choice or fourth choice. And, you know, then you can, then you can start maybe, uh, showing why you have such a big ego. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's not easy as a 20 year old to break into the first team in a, in a good Premier League side, what we've seen from him so far this season has been great for the most part. I mean, there were those early preseason, there was that one preseason appearance where he looked like he could not care less about being on the field, but then he came on obviously in the Carabao cup and looked great, but he hasn't been able to maintain his place and been given the opportunity. You know, Bernard came on against Southampton in the cup and looked great. And then he was rewarded with a start, but I just, I guess he's not probably not doing enough in training you know, to, to unseat Theo Walcott's place. And I think Theo's been, you know, not our best player, but he's been very solid so far this season. I don't, I guess Lookman's probably a trickier player, but Walcott has the experience and, and the clinical finishing for them as a, you know, plus for a winger for a winger, for a winger. Right. Um, and just, he's the more reliable option at this point. Lookman's more of a risk. So I do hope to see Lookman a fair amount this season. I think he will get games should he, you know, change his attitude and really work hard in training. I think he is a very, very promising player. Obviously, scouts all over Europe have looked at him and think very highly of him. And look at the way he's dominating, you know, at his age level internationally, all of our young players. So... I, I'm just hopeful that he can we can keep him onto him because he does give us very valuable depth. And I hope that he can find some form this season and, and prove himself. Right. I agree. So to wrap things up, James, let's move on to the, the controversial debate here, right? So Seamus oh Coleman turned 30 years old this week. And so the question I have for you 
is, do you think John Joe Kenny can be a long-term replacement? Now, you know, to kind of set the mindset, I would say that, you know, if we're going to use Leighton Baines as an example, um, you know, I'd say by the time Coleman hits 32 or so, you know, that's going to be the point in which it's 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 not too great to be playing an attacking fullback that's aged that much. Yeah. Um. So you know we're gonna say okay in the next two seasons, do you think Kenny can progress enough? In which you know we can feel confident in him starting, and signing a you know signing a, a replacement for Kenny as opposed to for Coleman. I am fully on board with the progression of John Joe Kenny. I think for as young as he is, and you look at his body of work in an Everton shirt on the senior side, it's pretty remarkable. He had to step in last season early on. And, you know, there's certainly a learning curve for him at his age, but from it's very, very promising uh, captain, I believe he captained the England U twenty side that won the World Cup. He did. Uh, so we know that he's a leader. He's vocal on the pitch. He's got a lot to learn, but I am a hundred percent confident that he can be a mainstay for us on the right side. I get me okay. I shouldn't say a hundred percent. I am ninety five percent confident. So you have a nice, in nice, the same way, tiny bit of margin for error there. I'll, there is a little bit of doubt. I mean, it's hard to, it's just flat out hard for teams to compete at an elite level and also have a lot of homegrown players in their side. You don't, you just don't see it at the top. It's a lot of external buys that you bring in. Right. Uh, it's hard to grow those kinds of players. So I'm a hundred percent certain that he can be a star right back for a mid table side, uh, upwards to seventh the question marks are is he the quality that can propel us to where we need to go in the future because you think he'll be growing along with along with this project with marco silva and so in four years when we're aiming hopefully for top four top five places i don't know if he's going to be that player at that time uh right so here's what i'll say I think John Joe Kenny going forward is fantastic. I think defensively, he's got a lot to learn, but that comes with experience. Technically, he's a good player, especially for an English player. Um, and that's not a jab. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm being American, I, I really can't talk about our, our youth players. We're lucky if we can get 10 juggles in a row. Right. Um, <laughs> so... Technically, he's a good player, especially even for an English player. Um, yeah. And as you said, he's he's a leader. But here's where I have an issue, right? I don't think in two years he'll be ready and he'll be of the caliber to match where we actually are at, right? In two years, we should be finishing fifth and sixth place. In three to four years, we should be aiming to finish top four with the players we have, right? So in two years, at 22 or 23 for John Joe Kenny, I don't think he's going to be there. In maybe three or four years, I think he could get there. But at that point, it's a little late, and you've got to sign someone of better quality. So I don't know how it's going to work. I think, I think 
Robinson, Anthony Robinson kind of um, is going to end up the same way. Well, especially since Lucas Digne is so young. <laughs> I mean, dude's only, yeah. I think, 24 or so, or 24, 25. 25, I think. 25, 25. so at that rate, you know, Robinson's got to be the same way. But, yeah, I just don't think in two years they'll be confident enough to say, yeah, John Joe Kenny's a lock at right back to be aiming to go top five or, or you know, top five. So that's that's what I think, and, and hopefully I don't get crucified for that. But, um, yeah. I mean, he's already got basically a season and a half of experience with another two seasons under his belt. That's a that's a huge period of development from the age of twenty to twenty two. Uh, I think similar, you know, like I said earlier in the episode, players tend to kind of stall for that period. It seems like at Everton, and then the fans sort of get on their backs. I think we really need to try to be as supportive as possible of our young players because really they offer the best return on investment of anything that we can do as a club. If you can grow a John Joe Kenny from boyhood to be a first team player, that does so much for the morale of the fan base, I think. And it's different because we're not from Liverpool, obviously, but it's still very cool to have that kind of talismanic quality where, and if we could have two or three of the players Calvert-Lewin and Lookman don't fall into that category, but Davies and Kenny do. It would just be incredible to see Everton competing for the top four with two boyhood blues, you know, regulars in the side. That's true. And not some eight Colombians. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I think, I mean, I I hope it works out. And I'd say you have a a bit of a stronger argument than I, but either way... um... Hopefully it does work out. And and I want I want it to work out for Adam Lookman too. I just I'm a huge stickler for attitude and how you present yourself and and that sort of thing. So we'll see how that progresses. But either way, we'll be back midweek with a pre-match for Crystal Palace and wrap up the international break, right? Yes, sir. And for everyone listening. Please reach out if you are interested in coming on as a guest or if you have any feedback on how we can make the show better, things that you would like to see us do that you would enjoy listening to, please let us know. Cool. Thanks so much for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. It is available on all major platforms. Please make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. And follow us on Twitter as well at USA Toffee Pod. Until next time, come on you blues.